Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Geek Roulette Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Spragel. And I'm the other host, John Lundquist. Yep, we're back. We're back, everybody. Did you miss us? Nope. Probably not. Not enough people miss us. Damn it. My own family doesn't miss me, and I'm downstairs. Yeah, I'm not home, and they're probably all sleeping, or most of them are. Understandable. They're children. Minihoo. Thank you for tuning in. This is going to be, I guess, Arbitrary Episode 3, but I don't have like a subtitle for it. How about Arbitrary no. Episode 3D? 3D. Put your glasses on, everybody. Uh-huh. Yes, this is going to be a th- our first 3D-based episode where you're going to be able to see multiple layers and dimensions, depending yes. on the right what type of eyewear you're wearing. You just need to do lots and lots of drugs. Go, get some, go get some peyote, everyone. The, the worst 3D ever is Jaws 3D. Let's be very clear here. <laughs> Yes, I've seen clips of that. It looks bad. It does. I, I think that was always the problem. It's like with movies like that, everything was always in like super slow motion, just to try to like, oh, look at it, it's coming to you. Oh, Jaws is gonna get me. But then again, let's talk even about modern 3D because even modern 3D really wasn't great. Remember, for like five, six years, did you want to watch the movie regular or in 3D? And when it's still that way, like when I go buy tickets online and whatnot, it's like you know I got to make sure I'm not clicking on the 3D one. It's like who's still going to these things and paying the extra five bucks or whatever it is? I mean, there. I will say, like the only time I've ever been impressed by 3D, I think, was like Avatar. Like I hated the movie itself. But the 3D was really well done. Like it almost just fleshed I out the environment more. I've never seen Avatar. What? There's some, there's something, what? I've never seen Avatar. There's something I've seen that you haven't that's actually like a big pop culture touchstone for, wow. Is it? Because who's fucking talking about Avatar nowadays? People that are going to like the Disneyland ride and every once in a while it's like, hey, he's still working on the next three Avatar movies. When I was in Disney in Florida and there was the whole Avatar like thing, I'm like, what the fuck is this? I didn't even give two shits about it. Oh no, I don't give two shits either. It was a horrible movie. Um... Yeah, it was. I was not a fan of. But like I, mean, I said, the consider that bad, this is now officially the second highest box office movie adjusted yes. revenue. Think about how many people don't talk about this movie or care about it. Yes, I would agree. It's yeah, Avatar, blue people. Who cares? All right. Well, housekeeping. Hey, we got a Facebook page and a Twitter page, Geek Roulette, and not to mention rate us on whatever platform you have. Yeah, baby. Um. Let's start off here with our recommendations. I'm going to recommend something that just popped up in the news today, or the other day, I think it was was yesterday, and that is the Far Side cartoon strip. Um, I'm going to recommend this because I'm sure there's, well, maybe, I don't know, our listenership is is very smart and cool and are probably into all sorts of nice things like that, but some of you might not be. Um, Far Side is a cartoon strip that stopped in, what, the mid-90s, I want to say? If only we had a piece of technology that could... only, hmm. yes. Um, But it was a single-panel comic strip, and it was just this bizarre humor. A lot of people didn't understand it. Some of them, like, you weren't even supposed to necessarily understand. Um, But it came out the other day that there's this little teaser image that they were going to, like, just said I think they were going to thaw it out. So people aren't sure if they're just going to release them online, if they're going to be new strips. It's kind of all... You know, kind of a gray area, but it got people talking about the far side. I went and looked up a bunch of strips. I think all my books for it are packed away. Um, but definitely go check it out. I mean, just do a Google image search for the far side, and you'll get all sorts of strips pop up. I'm sure there's a database or something of them out there. Um, you know, or spend a couple bucks at a garage sale and go find one of the many, many collections of them. And when, um, when you're at the garage sale, laugh at them, because who the fuck is selling a far side book? What kind yeah. of dumb rube of a person would give up a national treasure like yes, that? Yes, it's good stuff. Um, if you really want to dive into it, you can get the big person-killing collection that I have at home that weighs like 5,000 pounds and could kill a horse. Um, can we but, prove that? We probably could. Maybe it'll be our next podcast. Killing a horse with a far side collection. Yes. Um, but yeah, go get some of the more reasonable books. Um, it's really funny stuff. It's responsible for quite a bit of my humor. Um, yeah, go check out the far side if you have not. And if you have, go check it out again because it's still funny as hell. All right, I'll counter your recommendation with this recommendation. The near side? No. Actually, I think it would be another contemporary that thrived around the same period of time. I'm going to say Calvin and Hobbes, and here's the reason why. Let's go back old school. Like, my uh, son, he got into Calvin and Hobbes because they actually had some of their uh, collections at our pause, his school library. He checked a couple of them out for Christmas last year. We bought the complete Calvin and Hobbes collection. They had, like, a huge sale on it on Amazon for, like, $75 and bought it. But it was something my son appreciated because it's... 
One thing I would say is this, is that it's harder to capture the imagination of children nowadays when you have so much just given to you. What I mean by that is you have YouTube, you have the internet, you have video games. There's a lot of things that I wouldn't say limit your imagination, but you don't have it's to think much, as hard. It's very much instant gratification nowadays. Right. If you want something, you're like, like we just said, you just pick up your mobile device or tablet or something and you go find it. That's always one thing I feel bad about for like my kids is that they're not that they're not creative, but I think about the things I did when I was younger because of the lack of the resources that we now have available today. But I think Calvin Hobbes is one of those timeless pieces about a boy and a stuffed animal tiger who he thinks is real and the misadventures they get into through the power of his imagination. So I'm gonna say you like Farsight, great. I'm gonna say go Calvin and Hobbes. Go Calvin. Calvin and Hobbes is good stuff as well, yes. Good times. Right. Hey, uh, so for this episode, we uh, I didn't have an arbitrary list. This is more of a John thought up episode. Yeah. Normally, like when I think up episodes, I'll think up things, but I'm gonna let John take the lead on this. What's our arbitrary list for today? What should our arbitrary list be for the day? I didn't even I didn't even think of an arbitrary list for, oh, for this time. Oh, it's gone down the hill. Son of a bitch. Let's go with our three favorite fast food restaurants. Three favorite fast food go. restaurants. Uh, that's easy. Uh, I'm going to first start with Five Guys as my number one. Five Guys burgers are downright delicious. Screw you if you hate Five Guys. Five Guys, I've only had it a couple of times. I don't have anything bad to say about Five Guys. I don't think I've ever had Smash Burger there, their counterpart. Nah, I'm not as impressive as Smash Burger. I'm going to go with Culver's for burger places. I, I enjoy a good Culver's burger. Um, they're made fresh. They're tasty. They you know they taste just, they're, they're, they're yummy. Um, I don't have much else to say. I'm going to go Culver's. Uh, if I had to go another one, fast food, huh? Um, I don't think Burger King gets the credit it deserves. It's always considered yeah. the second fiddle to McDonald's, and I know it'd be easy to recommend Wendy's in this position, but I feel that ever since Arby's purchased Wendy's like several years ago, their portions are a lot smaller on their value men- menu, and it just feels like you could see the corners being cut. But I feel with Burger King, Burger King, I like that flame broil taste it has on it, and I feel that they have a lot more inventive items on their menu versus mcdonald's whose menu is such a boring pile of garbage yeah i'll I'll agree with you there burger king is definitely better than uh than mcdonald's i'm gonna go with my next one being a tough call here i don't even know i don't do a lot of fast food believe it or not um i'll go with jimmy john's maybe oh that's horrible what know. is wrong with I'm trying you to think of a sub place and like even like yeah i don't know if i had to take a sub place that i don't know i would, how I, would far. I would go quiznos i used to be a quiznos fan but they're like nowhere to be found anymore. i like witch witch i hate that they closed the one down in my area here i've only had that i think once on one of our gaming nights it was tasty but uh um god i don't even know i'll go with I'll go with White Castle. Go get a slider, everybody. You know, and I'll double white. I'll go ahead, White Castle. Everybody says, oh, it makes you sick. No, it's because you went there at 2 in the morning and drank way yes. too much. That's what made you sick. Yes, I had it on the way over here today. I also worked there for a period of time. Yes, a long period of time. Yes, it did. All the stories I have, magical, yes. magical, magical stories. A couple of which you told on this podcast. I did, but yeah, I'd say White Castle. They're great food for what it is. I mean, the only thing I hate about White Castle is how pricey it's gotten now. Yeah, it used to be kind of fairly affordable, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not cheap now. You can drop a 10, 12 bucks there pretty darn easily without even trying. Right, whereas I could drop like three, four bucks at Burger King and get a couple cheese, double cheeseburgers. So. Yes, exactly. And if you're afraid of the sliders, get a chicken with cheese. Those are damn tasty too. All right. Yum. Arbitrary episode 3D. Now, John had an idea for this episode. I'll let him run with it. We're just going to kind of, I've got, I made a short list here. I, you know, asked him, and one of them actually we kind of already covered. Um, and we're just going to use these, and we're just going to chat about this stuff and whatever tangents they end up taking us down. They're going to be kind of an either-or type thing. Um, uh, so I'm going to grab my list here. We'll start with, I've got a, I've got one that's going to be, you know, one's a pretty fiery topic for myself and probably for you. I've brought it up on Facebook several times. Goddamn so creamy. Okay, we'll start there. Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? We clearly know your status. I, I'm crunchy all the goddamn way. Screw you and your smooth, non-textualist freaking wimpy peanut butter no it has a texture it's fucking smooth uh, no that is boring no no it's creamy, you. creamy peanut butter is good for baking and like maybe making peanut sauce and that that's about it it does not belong between two pieces of bread no no it's it's perfect i think if you got to put like chunks of peanuts into the product you're just selling the product short you don't have faith in it in the first place nope crunchy extra crunchy 
it's it's the way to go. So screw your damn creaminess. So now so now going off on a uh, yeah, related topic, do you, do you ever do bacon on your peanut butter sandwiches? So funny story about that. So somebody I've known, uh, Kevin, I went to a party of his one night and I stayed over and the next morning we made breakfast and what he did was is he made grilled peanut butter sandwiches and then he put bacon in it too and yes. it was downright delicious. I uh, I haven't done that in a long time. So, you know, know this is something my wife does frequently. Like if we make like have BLTs or something for dinner, she doesn't make a BLT. She makes just a bacon peanut butter sandwich, which I chastise her quite heavily for. Um, she also puts peanut butter on her hamburgers, right, uh, which which I also chastise her for. Well, however, do you put peanut butter in chili? I do not. I have, and it does make a difference at times. Interesting. But I also kind of feel like, the, the well, at least with the hamburger thing, that I'm going to kind of eat my words one of these days because I've heard it from enough reliable sources that's really goddamn good. And so one of these days I feel like I'm going to try it, and I'm going to think it's amazing. I'm going to have to eat so much crow that it's, you know, I'll just turn into one or something. Well, if you want that crow so, to taste better, just put creamy peanut butter on it. No, no. Screw the damn peanut butter. Creamy peanut butter. Um, and by the way, if, out of my peanut butter brands, I like Jif. See, nope, and I Skippy. Skippy all the way. Screw Skippy. Do we at least agree on, on the refrigerated peanut butter debate? The what now? The refrigerate the cold peanut butter, the peanut butter you have to stir up and put in the refrigerator. Well, that just seems like a lot of work. It's fuck that is what that is. That is no, right. I do not want you know, you you pull it out, you have to stir it, then it like destroys your bread because it's hard as hell. No. What, what do you feel about Nutella? Eh, I've had it a few times. It's okay. I don't you know, some it's good in moderation. Like, it's yeah. What about almond yeah. butter? You ever had almond butter? I have. I wasn't impressed. Yeah. You know, but I'm not a big almond person, so you know, I have not tried. I, I like cashews. I have not tried cashew butter, but those and they, they, the thing with those too is they're always friggin' expensive as hell. Yeah, I it's like, like you want like a little jar. It's like eight nine dollars. Yeah, and, and I'm like, no thanks. I don't need to find out if I like cashew butter that much. I'll screw just, you, Whole Foods. You know, I ain't giving you that money. Exactly. Damn you, Amazon. Um, so how about bananas in your peanut butter sandwiches? I do like bananas from time to time. It's something I don't do on a regular basis, but I do like bananas. I don't do it, yeah, I don't do it on a regular basis, but that is definitely a, a go-to, which my wife, which my wife chastises me for because she does not do that. But, you know, one person's bacon is another person's banana, apparently. Mm-hmm. So now grape or strawberry? Uh, grape easily. See, and I, I go a third way. I go raspberry. Mm. We do, and I would, I, and I think out of those two, I would go strawberry. We made. We made. Well, where do you get it at Trader Joe's? <laughs> I do not. So the reason. And the reason I go raspberry, I think, is because last year we went to the apple orchard, which is coming up here in a couple of weeks. Is when we're going to go. And I'm not sure I'm going to get to go this time for the first time, like ever. But uh, we bought a whole bunch of our own raspberries. and We made our own raspberry jam, and that was damn tasty. So now I'm kind of biased towards our raspberry jam, um, and it's damn good. What do you feel about raspberry berets? The kind that were bought in a secondhand store. They're, they're pretty good. But, you know, I just heard that song the other day. I I hear that song all the time because of my job. I go to a local grocery store chain go, called go, Cub Foods. Go and, to secondhand stores? Yeah, they always seem to play that there. Like when I work at 2, 3 in the morning there. and I've been hearing it lately. I've been listening to it at work on the radio. I've been listening to Jack FM, which is like our local... I don't think it's really local. I think it's one of those big radio conglomerates that has like stations in every state. It's every, a clear channel yeah. collaboration. But they've been playing a lot of like that old Prince and whatnot, and you know, even though they're one of those stations that we play everything, I still hear like the same half dozen songs. They don't when fairly I over and over again. It's kind of annoying. When I used to work at ETM, they used to always have that on in the warehouse, and that's what I always noticed is that I always used to hear like the same like. 15 songs yeah and sometimes you get like a bone thrown to you like oh here's a different one here and there but i always used to hear like you know god what was it i there was a song that's gonna kill me you keep talking while i think it up yeah today and today i will say i heard a song i don't remember which one it was it was off of allison chain's jar of flies which is my favorite allison chain's album i don't know about you so it's not i stay away or is it uh no it, excuses i think it was no excuses if i remember right yeah it was no excuses um but that goes for that, yeah, I think, go off on another tangent. I think Alice in Chains-wise, I always liked Jar Flies. It's nice, it's short. Um, every song in there is damn good, I, and it's and it's mellow. I tend to like their more mellow stuff like that one, and Sap is also pretty good, I think, although I don't know if that one's quite as mellow as 
jar of flies, but I think most people tend to go with what dirt being their favorite. Mm. Dirt or facelift. I, I think the hard thing about dirt is this: is that with dirt, I find this to be the truth with a lot of bands: is that some albums get so much radio airplay that the frustration is, is then you lose some minor appreciation for it because you hear it so much. Like a good example is like Metallica's Black album. It's not that the songs are bad. It's just that I used to hear those nonstop on the radio yeah. when those came out for three to four years after that album came out. That the six radio songs on there, I found that the songs that weren't on the radio were sometimes more appealing to me. Nirvana's Nevermind also kind of falls into play with that because I feel that Nirvana's non-radio songs are almost better than some of their radio yeah. songs on there. Which gets to another one I had on here, Nirvana or Pearl Jam. Uh, I'd say the problem is this between the two is that I feel while Eddie Vedder itself, I'll say this. I feel that Nirvana probably had more hits than Pearl Jam would ever, ever have conceived. I feel that Pearl Jam is a better band in many ways, but it's also a hard comparison because you look at the premature death of Kurt Cobain, but even if he hadn't died, the odds of Nirvana going on would have still been probably very limited. I would say that the hard thing is this, is that it's hard to compare to two bands because of their field of work, because of how Pearl Jam continued to evolve as a band, which Nirvana never really got that chance. Yeah, and I will say, I think I would, if I had to pick, I would probably go Pearl Jam, which is kind of interesting, because I, well, I hated both of them at first, because they were kind of two of the big breakout you know, alternative grunge bands at the time. And, you know, you know, we were very much, like you said, we were into Metallica and Guns N' Roses. And, you know, and here was this weird, you know, new music style coming in and kind of pushing the bands we liked out of the way. So it took me a little while to appreciate but them. But did they really push them out, though? I mean, Metallica, yeah. I think if Metallica hadn't have done the Black Album, they wouldn't still be where they are now. I think that was their main adaptation of their musical style that helped get them more integrated into the mainstream and helped them do what they needed to do. I would say that with Alice in Chains, Alice in Chains was there before Nirvana kind of really hit it big because yeah. with them they had you know, Man in the Box, which came out in 90, and that predated, of course, what everything else was going on yeah. around that time. Well, I think you could argue, too, that I think heavy metal almost pushed itself out of the way, just as how, you know, it almost became a self-parody of itself with some of the bands. Yeah, I, I think your people are looking for something different that just wasn't the alternative there, and that's why the, the one thing I always hated was the term alternative music, just because, in retrospect, how can it be alternative if everybody was listening to it? You know, that's it became, I think that was always been the biggest problem with music in general is that everybody loves to say, you know, make a genre and like, what kind of music is it? Well, it's kind of this and it's kind of this. You know, sometimes music yeah. is just can be music for the most part. Well, I think that's interesting too. Like, as I've gotten older, it used to be when we were younger, it was like, what kind of music do you listen to? It was, I listen to rap, I listen to heavy metal, or I listen to, you know, country. Whereas now I think, like, I just, I just listen to good music. You know, there's some country I like, there's some rap I like, there's some, you know, I mean, I just like good music is maybe, what it is. maybe the better way to put it is this is that each musical style has developed so many different subgenres to it now that it's yeah. not just rap there's several different subgenres of rap and hip-hop and r&b depending on you know what you're listening to country country's biggest problem i was talking with somebody about this about a week or so because we were talking about country and he just stayed my co-worker was buying stating like country and i said the main problem i have i think with today's modern country it's not country. It's just a different version of pop. I yeah. feel that, like, when you look and compare it to, like, what your traditional country artists were, even, like, from the 50s and 60s, even when you talk about, like, the 80s when you had bands like, you know, the Oak Ridge Boys or Alabama, there was always differences. But now when you listen to, like, you know, any modern-day country music, it just sounds like, all right, it's modern-day yeah. pop, except sometimes you have more violins it's in just, there. Yeah, it's just a little more twangier. They've got a steel, right. gu steel guitar. Or and whatever. it's not like the lyrics are that impressively diverse in many ways. I was, I was joking. like Basically, if you want to have like a country music song, it basically has to have these essentials. Well, driving in my pickup truck, I was going with my girl in the sunset in America with a beer I'm going to hurl. And, you know, it just, it just, I, I hear these songs like when I'm at my job and I, I hate them just because it's like, listen, this is just, 
it's some of the most biggest button pushing songs you'll ever hear where it's like, yeah. all right, these are the things that people get sentimental about. Let's just keep pushing all these buttons right there. And yeah. Uh, keeping it in the music vein, Doors or Pink Floyd? I think I know which way you're going on this one. I'm not a huge fan of either one of them. They're kind of, in my opinion, they're, 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 Two bands that were, you know, I think most people would say, you know, well, you have to be high to to, to fully appreciate. And to me, I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's, you know, if you have to be high to really like their music, then that's, to me at least, that's not good music. Like, you know, I mean, I think the hard part between the Doors and Pink Floyd is that with the Doors, Jim Morrison's weird, fucked up, drug-addled mind when he went off the track, ra- you know, rails or track, he went off pretty hard. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that he didn't generate some very brilliant songs. I think every, it's Morrison was, I think, in many ways, kind of in the same original, you know, one of the original Kurt Cobain situations. What if Cobain, you know, Morrison hadn't died? What if he kept making music, and what would his music been? Would he have sold out more? What would he have done differently? I think that's always the hard part with bands when you're comparing those two right there is that one continued to go on while the other one had a shorter lifespan. So it's hard to compare yeah. the two in that sense because of where each band's evolution was. Like I'll, I'm going to counter this question right here because this one's often another question that I feel... Like, I I tend to not like Band A versus Band B, but what would you prefer? Would you prefer the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Yeah, that's another one. I think it's, and I think that comes down to almost your mood. I think, you know, the the Rolling Stones tend to be, you know, have a little bit harder edge to it. I mean, you know, depending on what song you're listening to, obviously. Whereas the Beatles are much more, you know, I don't know, mellow. I don't know if mellow is quite the word you want to use, but... You know, they've definitely got a different sound to them. Um, if I had to pick, I'd probably... I mean, I'm not a huge fan of either one of them, really. Um, Beatles, I suppose. So... But, you know, yeah, it's, I could you know flip a coin. I have about a month, every month or so, there's a weekend uh, neighborhood card game that I'm a part of. And one of the people that goes to the game periodically... Uh, it's fun needling him because I talk about how I don't like the Beatles a lot. And he's like, how can you not like the Beatles? And... I'm not going to deny the Beatles didn't have a huge musical influence in the whole grand scheme of things. There was things they did that the Beatles were magnificent, and it's not saying the Beatles were not talented. I will say that for the most part, the Beatles, at least in the beginning, were the world's original first boy band. They were When yeah. you look at the pictures and see what the Beatles were like before they became famous, these were just some slovenly guys that just were you know playing like bars and... Just drinking. Yeah, I think and people eating. tend to go immediately to their, you know, the sixties where they were, you know, kind of the hippies and that was when they put out most of their groundbreaking music. But I think they right. forget those early days where they were very much like, you know, the original boy band. Right. They all dressed up in nice suits so that way they could get culturally accepted and all they yeah. didn't seem threatening. And which they eventually rebelled up against and they did of course start do their own styles. I think there was so much diverse tension in that band between where the direction the band was. I think ultimately Paul McCartney still always wanted to be that pop band where Lennon wanted to be much more creative and different in how that band went. But once again, here's the problem right here with going Stones versus Beatles is that the Beatles broke up. The Beatles said, hey, we're not going to do it anymore. And because of that, that stopped the revolution. Had they kept going, what would have been the difference or the factor in there? I'd say that there's some of their stuff has definitely been very innovative, and I think there's some songs that they have that are good. It's a band that I generally don't like. Now, compared to the Rolling Stones, there's about a dozen Rolling Stones songs I like. I feel that Rolling Stones, it's harder to compare because you've seen them play for 40 plus years at this point yeah they're at a stage right now where they just keep going and going and going and it's not like any of their new stuff's any good it's always the old stuff they have and they'll still release oh yeah it's it's the traditional touring old band you know nobody's going to see them to listen to their latest album like you know place you know play taking care of business but here's the thing i feel the stones are an actual rock band where the beatles they had some rock songs, but I feel that they were all over the map when it came to different styles of music. I've had to say which is a better rock band. I have to give it to the Rolling Stones. And, you know, if they were also, I think, just as equally talented. I think the differences between the two is that 
I feel that the Beatles were a different type of counterculture because of who they were as a band. So yeah. Uh, so let's shift gears a little bit and go to comic books. Let's go Marvel or DC. <laughs> I'm gonna go I, myself. I'm gonna go Marvel. I've always been more of a Marvel I guy. Never like DC. I, I know. I had a t- there was a time in in the nineties, the the fabulous nineties of comics, where you know shortly after the death of Superman and when Batman had his whole back breaking issues with Bane. Where I was reading a fair amount of DC, you know, I was picking up Superman books, Batman, Green Lantern. I, you know, read pretty much all the big crossovers. Um, you know, and got into several of the smaller books like you know Aztec and Chase and uh, you know some of the other ones. But I've definitely, you know, I mean, for me, I've always been more of a Marvel guy. You know, Spider Man. I think the more realistic approach that Marvel takes, you know, with their you know actual cities and stuff like that, and the more you know, you got more into their personal lives. I think it was always more appealing to me. If I had to go between the two, I'd say DC has a better world. I feel that they did a better job building a much more grander universe than what Marvel has, which Marvel's gotten better with over the years. But I always feel that Marvel's always had the better creators for the most part, where their creators have done better things. And Yeah, and I know that's one comparison I've heard quite a bit, too, that you touched on there, is that for DC, their superheroes were, you know, they were gods. You know, I mean, Superman came from another planet, and he has these godlike abilities, and Wonder Woman is pretty much a literal god, and, you know, Batman has honed his body to perfection, whereas the Marvel character, you know, Peter Parker has troubles paying his bills, and, you know, his Aunt May gets sick, and, you know, Daredevil's a blind lawyer, and, you know, all these, you know, they were much more grounded in reality, I think, which made them, which is what made them more relatable and when they came out that... And that was the big comparison between the two, whereas, you know, DC was more just, you know, godlike ability characters, whereas Marvel had, you know, they had superpowers, clearly, but they were also people that you could relate to more. Superman always bored the shit out of me. I mean, the problem with Superman is this, is when you're that strong, what's your weakness? Your weakness is basically those around you. So that's why you saw so many issues where it was always targeting Lois Lane or Superman's friends. I think it always, they tried to rectify, like, ooh, wait. Superman has a weakness to magic. Like, all right, fine, he's weak to magic. But, I mean, it was all that's why they brought Doomsday out there. It's like, let's bring a guy that could physically beat the shit out of Superman and kill him. All right, you did that. We've done that and seen that. But now, where do you go from there? I mean, yeah, I, I feel that's always been, you know, DC's big issue is that, you know, it's... They're, they're secondary. I feel DC's secondary characters are much more interesting than their primary characters. Yeah, and I feel that's kind of where they run. You know, like a couple of the titles I mentioned, Chase and Aztec, you know, are, you know, third, you know, thirdary characters or whatever, third-tier characters. And those are the books that I hear a lot of people raving about, but they don't generally last very long. You know, I think Aztec got 10 or 11 issues. Chase went, you know, somewhere in the teens, I want to say. There was that one, what was it, Kronos, I think, went, you know. Didn't go very long, but I've always heard very good things about that. And the, those... You know, they tend to have those more interesting second and third steering characters, but most people aren't interested in them, so they won't check them out when they come out. I will say DC, I'll give credit, because I think in the 90s they took a lot more risks. I think you look at their Vertigo line, that was, I think, much more groundbreaking than you ever think. I take a look at comic series like Hitman or Total Bummer or, you know, little things like that. It's like, all right. They, they said, let's try something different. I don't think Marvel really started experimenting with that until over the past 15 years. Yeah, right? I don't think it was still the 2000s, really. I think once... I think you're right. I think in the 90s, DC definitely did a better job, whereas Marvel was very much more, you know, this is the cool thing. Everybody's got guns and pouches, and look how extreme we can be, whereas DC was willing to try a little bit more different things. And This issue, we got special know. guests, Gambit, Venom, Ghost Rider, Cable, yeah. and Wolverine. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's just keep bringing out our peoples and crossover, crossover, crossover. You know, not that DC was much better in the crossover aspect, but, um, but yes, comics. Um... What else do I have here? Oh, I have one more music one I missed. So the the dual song, We Will Rock You or We Are the Champions, which half do you prefer? Hmm. I go We Are the Champions myself. I think, I mean, just personally, I think, you know, like We Will Rock You is more of like a cocky, like, you know, ah, we're going to get you. It's more, you know, talking yourself up, whereas I feel, you know, We Are the Champions at least starts out definitely where it's like, hey, we had this thing we overcame. We're great. We're awesome. Look what we did. You know, it's a little bit more, you know, I don't know. 
I was admiring whatnot. I always admire that it's always like when they're played in music, like sporting events. You have a lot of heterosexual people that like sing along with that, but they might hate gay people. But it's yeah. like, wait a second, Freddie Mercury, meh. Yeah, I don't know. I I think part of this, I'm gonna say, I don't like either of them. And here's the only reason why: I always feel the one thing that always bores me when I go to a sporting event. Sometimes is that you always seem to hear. Like the same staple of songs. It's almost the same as if you go to a wedding. When you go to weddings, yeah, there's you're always get, like those same fifteen. You're gonna get the chicken dance. You're gonna get the electric slide. You're gonna hear Michael Jackson's "Beat It." You're gonna hear yeah. "Celebration" by Cool in the Game. "Money Money" by Billy Idol. Right. You always seem to hear like the same twenty, fifteen to twenty songs at the wedding. Sporting events, you tend to always hear the same songs as well. Yeah. It depends on, of course, obviously the sport. I feel some sports introduce different styles of music better than others i think one thing i always love about baseball is how every player has a different walk-up music to the plate which is yeah. a nice touch that almost reminds me of pro wrestling where everybody had their own theme songs and everything but i would say both those songs yeah i i don't have a preference because i feel like i've heard them at so much at sporting events now that it just yawn i mean i it's like when i go to a wild minnesota wild hockey game I hear them play Blur song number two. It's like, I've heard this so many times. It just yeah. doesn't have any value anymore. Yeah, it's bad because it's a great song. Um, yeah, going back to the wedding thing, like, we, we we banned the chicken dance. And a couple there were a couple that we, like, when we hired our DJ, we were like, you know, you are not playing this song. You are not playing this song. And I feel like our song selection was pretty good. I, I, I particularly remember, I think it was you that requested from the DJ. Um, do you remember the song? Of course I remember the song because I had to fight my own DJ to get say, that. Oh yeah, I was going to say, I think you played it at your wedding like, what, two months later? Yep. And that's good old Prince's Pussy Control. Yep. I think you, did you ask my Mariah if, if we, if, for permission, I think? And I she, think I checked, yeah. I, I, th- I think you did, and she was like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. And I think it was late enough in the night that, you know, we weren't super concerned about, you know, oh, we're going to offend the old people. Um, but yeah, that was a great song. Yeah, I... I think, like, I gave my DJ at my wedding, like, a list of, like, 10 to 12 songs. Like, I'd like to hear these songs at my wedding, if at all possible. And, you know, I had a couple of, like, obscure David Bowie songs on there. I had, like, the last song of my night of the night was, like, Faith No More's Midnight Cowboy. You know, it was these things, like, you know, these are things you're not going to hear at a wedding. There was some songs he didn't play that I kind of got upset about. And when I asked him to play, like, Prince's Pussy Control, he's like, well, I don't know if we should do that. There's still a lot of old people here. It's like, listen, these people know who I am. I'm the one paying you. Right. Your tip here is all depending on this here, friend. I get his point. Is As a DJ, this is his brand. I mean, if he does something like that, like, oh, what an awful DJ. Well, yeah, he's now, like, tarnishing his company, but... On the other hand, well, at the same time, how many times you go to a wedding and be like, hey, this DJ is great. I need to look up his number for when I get married. Oh, wait, I'm already married. I'm never going to use a DJ. I mean, I was actually kind of surprised that he was able to, you know, track down some of the songs I requested. Like one of them was uh, In the Heat of the Morning, which is a David Bowie song cover version of on uh, uh, Bowie at the Beeb, which is like a two disc box set. But hey, he found it and played it, so good for him. Yeah, this was kind of back in the days before you could just you know, like. I'm sure now they just bring their laptop and they stream everything off like Spotify or whatever. I did go to a wedding like you know shortly uh you know around out, out later on that time, and that was what it was. It was like a laptop DJ, and the problem with trying to do something like that off a laptop too is just that. You just don't have the proper sound output. You have to like you don't have the right sound card. You don't have the right mixing equipment. So sometimes things sound off flatter and yeah. I've been to a wedding in a long time, which is odd because I'll be in one on Thursday this week in two days. Uh huh. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But it's not. It's gonna be a non traditional wedding. So I don't think there's. I don't even think there's gonna be a DJ there. So well, part of it is is I think there was like a five to seven year period of time where like all of us we all knew each other and we all got married. Now we're in a phase that. Probably the next weddings we are going to see is probably going to be, unfortunately, our kids at this point. Yeah, that's kind of scary. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, that, like, most, I think most of my friends have been pretty good, but, like, most of my wife's friends have been slowly getting divorced or having problems with their, you know, significant other, which seems odd. Um, I don't know if that's just the way the world is going now. I mean, I don't know how to break it to you, John, but... (laughs) 
you've also been divorced. <laughs> this is true, yes. I sometimes forget. <laughs> you, you're not exempt from this entire yes. situation either. Yes. I mean, But, I mean, in your defense, your first wife was definitely a whoremonger, and yeah. if she hears this right now, I never liked you. <laughs> yeah. Screw you. Mm. But, hey, I'm better off now, and if I hadn't gone through that, I probably wouldn't be where I am now. So well, It's experience. I mean, you got to make mistakes, and unfortunately those ones tend to be more costlier mistakes. But It is amusing, like, when people, like, I work, it's usually people I work with that, you know, there's, you know I'll, I'll bring it up in some conversation. My first wife, this, like, wait, you were married before? I'm like, well, yeah, it's not like it's completely unheard of. I think just because, you know, I don't make a big deal out of it, and, you know, there's nothing really... You know, I don't have any, we didn't have any kids or anything, so it was pretty much a clean break, so I don't ever need to see or talk to her again, thank goodness, but, uh, yeah. My past, hello, everybody. I was divorced once. Yep. I'm a statistic. Good shame. For me. Shame. Damn it. Shame, yeah. shame. Let's see if I have, how many more of these do I have on here? Crunchy or soft tacos? Go from divorce to tacos. I go crunchy myself most of the time. I'm, I'm going to go soft, and the only reason why is... First and foremost, yeah, if I'm going to make go, crunchy salad... You're going to go soft. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to ever go hard, like I'll make take tortillas and I'll crisp them, like put them in oil and make my own tostada shells. I don't like to make hard shell tacos, though, on my own. I mean, I don't... One thing I hate is when you go to the store and you buy, like, the kits that have, like, the pre-made yeah. hard shells. Those all suck. They all suck horribly. I actually prefer a soft shell, you know, just wrapping it up and everything and... I do like a crunchy. I think the the third the third option, which I didn't even mention, are those those fried shells. Yeah, have you ever that, had? Yeah, that's what I was just talking about oh. a second ago. It's frying shells. Damn it! You have to understand, coming from a Mexican family, that's what my family used to do. Is they'd have a shallow pan of oil, they'd take a flour tortilla, and basically yep. they cook one side of it, and then basically cook the other, just kind of form the shell out of it itself. Yeah. And we used to the then put it on like a paper towel to absorb all the excess oil, and just kind of let it dry out a little. But I mean, it, though those were the only ways that I ate tacos for about a good chunk of my entire childhood itself. They never served ever any soft shell tacos or uh, tortillas. The only time we had tortillas is if we had like other types of like meats and foods and stuff that you put in there. And yeah, I'm white. We didn't do that. We bought the kits. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I'm I like making tostadas for my family. I like taking the oil and like getting a corn tortilla and and just you know getting it nice and crispy. And then we cover in like refried beans and sprinkle some meat on there and some cheese. And I do miss one thing from my old job that I left a little while ago was we had these three Mexican gals back in prep, and every day they would just make this phenomenal Mexican food. You know, al bondigas and caldos and just all sorts of just uh, every day it was just this feast of authentic Mexican food that they'd bring back there. I used to threaten one of them that I was going to kidnap her so she could teach me how to make this stuff, and it was so damn Whoops. good. Mike's blowing stuff up over there. Sorry, that was me grabbing a bottle opener and opening another beer, and I accidentally... Mm. No offense to all beer. the nice senoritas making all the nice Mexican food. Yes. I think that's the hard thing, is that stuff like that, learning how to make those types of things, there's a lot of things I regret and never learned from like my grandma how to make in terms of food, but... You know, it's those little little secrets and tips you pick up, and like, yeah, yeah, that makes so much more sense. And I like doing yeah. that, and yeah, like really good salsas. You know, like fire. You know, like they just take a bunch of like peppers and tomatoes and stuff. They drop it in the deep fryer, and then take it back and puree it in the blender, and add some other. You know, I don't some concoction of spices and seasonings and whatever that else. And it was a uh, secret ingredient. Tastes gopher. Probably explains where they all went. Mm. Mexican food, yum. Um, what else do I have on here? Well, here's one that's, you know, Coke or Pepsi. You work for one of them. I work for the one I prefer, and that's easy. <laughs> that's Pepsi and Pepsi's products. I don't even really have a preference here. I'm not a big. You don't drink soda, so I don't even know you brought this not, up. Not much. What's one of the big, you know, the Pepsi Challenge or Coke Challenge or whatever the hell it was back? Nobody in the knows 80s. what the hell that is. Even they haven't had that for like thirty plus years. They should do that again. Yeah, I've, I've never been a big cola guy. I'm a big root beer guy. I like root beer for my soda. Um, Sprecher is my root beer of choice. If you want to get good root beer, go get some Sprecher. Um, you should get it at Menards because it's cheaper there, believe it or not, than getting it at like Target or something like that. Where it's Nobody probably... knows who Menards is. That's a regional thing. Yes, they do, damn it. Menards is a place where you can buy tools and stuff and also Nards. All right, let me explain Menards <laughs> to people that don't know what this is. It's a Most region... of our people are from here anyway. 
it's a regional like home improvement store but imagine you like take one of those and you dump like imagine if you had a home depot and you said hey or a lowe's and you said saturate it in midwestern charm and let's let's (laughs) let's put a grocery store in the middle of it for some reason yeah there pretty much is you can and buy hamburgers there and milk. I've seen people grocery shop at like stores like that, and I sit there and I think, oh, man. What's wrong with you? There's actual grocery stores. Just down the street. Mm-hmm. Get your root beer there, and there are other sodas, too. They have good, pretty much everything. They've got the best orange cream I think I've ever had. Their cola's okay, but yes, Sprecker. Go get some stuff. They're from Wisconsin. One of the few good things come from Wisconsin. Mm. Not like those damn Packers. Nope. But we just lost to them because the Vikings suck. What's his we? I wasn't on that team. Neither was I. But it's a tribal thing, damn it. We're part of the Vikings tribe. We're here uh, in Minnesota. I'm not part of the Vikings. The Vikings, Minnesota Vikings can go screw themselves. Yeah, you've never been a big Vikings guy ever. Well, the problem is is that... They're horrible? It, well, it's a whole culture of futility. These are... It's a team that's never won a Super Bowl. It's a team that like always like maybe teases with a really good team, but then finds a way to like wash out. I mean... But yeah, every year, it's like, this is the year. We're going to back our way into the playoffs again and win. No, no, no we're not. It's no. not going to happen. Exercising futility. Yeah, yeah, no. Minnesota sports in general are just, you know, aside from those two shining years that the Twins won, it's, you know. No, 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 no. You're selling the Twins short because, yeah, they had two good years where they won the Super Bowl or the World Series in both 87 and 91, but... In the 2000s, they won like four or five Central Division titles. They just... Yeah, but that's the thing. I think they've they've never been a big playoff team, or at least not lately, the last for quite a while. I mean, No, the the problem is that you have the Yankees that can spend as much money as they want, and then they pay a luxury tax. And, you know, that's the problem there is that... their twins are a small market team. They can't compete sometimes against I will, all these teams. I will say I have a little bit of hope this year because most years that we do good and we get into I the don't. playoffs, we I don't really see. I would say because this year we've been fairly strong all year, and most, whereas most of the time it's like we suck at the beginning or we suck in the middle or so, at some point. Whereas I feel like we've had a pretty good force this whole year. All right, there are, the issues is that you know we've had too many key defense or uh, injuries on the team right now, which are going to be year-ending ones. They never fixed or resolved their starting pitching issue at the trade deadline. The bullpen's been fixed, but yes, they're hitting a massive amount of home runs. But the main problem that the Twins are going to have is this: is that they they didn't show up where they need to. Now they have the injuries. They don't have the depth right now to fill it up. I, I think they're still a one and done team, but. Nobody, this is the Geek Roulette Podcast, John. Nobody knows anything about sports. You can be a geek about whatever you want. We could be talking about geeking about, I don't know, freaking knitting for crying out loud. You can be a geek about knitting or sports or comics or well, food here, or we brought We alluded to this the last episode, which we recorded earlier tonight, yeah. but the Battlestar you know, Galactica reboot, which they're saying is not necessarily a reboot, but it may be a different aspect of storytelling from the universe itself. Now... It's been 10 years since Battlestar has almost gone off the air at this point. I look at it in the sense that, no, don't. Because they've already tried doing prequel series and other series for Battlestar that haven't gone anywhere. I know they think enough time has passed, but honestly, I feel that you can't beat Battlestar Galactica. And I'm going to I'm gonna cut you off at a point you brought up. One thing you were going to possibly bring up is you were going to bring up Star Wars versus Star Trek. I feel Battlestar is the better version of both of those because it takes the whole aspect of war and the you know what needs to be done to you know be a hero or survive of Star Wars, but also what politically needs to be done to make friends with your enemies and find ways to you know move forward in harmony. Yeah, because I, I, I always feel the biggest problem with Star Trek is this: is that. The early Star Trek, like Kirk, ah, he's just going to fuck you up. He just set phasers. <laughs> and sometimes maybe he used words to fix things. But I think the reason why people universally adored the next generation was because it was the thinking man Star Trek. They used words to solve things. And it was about compassion and understanding. But also back then it was a lot more optimistic time, I feel, where you had the end of the Cold War that was winding down. You had, like, you know, just the chance that, hey, maybe things are going to be okay. And, you know, I, I look at Star Wars, and I feel that the problem with Star Wars 
is they were never able to flesh out their universe the way that Star Trek was because they never had TV shows, not until the Clone Wars. And then that Clone Wars cartoon was fine, but you never had something that was during their modern times. And hey, now with the Mandalorian coming out and a few other things, maybe that's going to fix that. But I feel that Battlestar was the better version of both those two shows combined. Yeah, and, and that's I, the I Battlestar reimagining, not the original yes, series. No, not that 70s stuff, 70s, 80s stuff. Yeah, and I think Battlestar definitely takes a different approach. Because I think Star Trek is much more utopian, you know, something that is realistically probably never going to happen. But hey, maybe it will. And Star Wars is, you know, rather than, you know, it gets branded as science fiction, but it's really science fantasy. Um, you know, it's fun and whatnot, but it's, you know, ultimately not super realistic. Whereas I feel like Battlestar Galactica is... Probably not, you know, realistic either, but I think out of the three of those, probably the one that's closest to what, you know, might actually happen if, you know, we were put in that situation. Yeah, I I think actually the worst thing that's ever happened in Battlestar Galactica, the top two things are the worst things is one, was that one episode where it became a joke in the office with Dwight Schrute and everybody made it kind of a joke. You know what? Fuck you, office. Battlestar Galactica was a great show and didn't need you mocking it at that point. It was. It was good stuff. I would say the other thing is it's just when you go into a show and you don't know how it's going to end and you're making it up as you go along, it showed as the series went on. And I think that was the only thing that hurt the series was that some of the things they did just got a little bit goofy near the end. Yeah, that, that was definitely one where it feels, felt like they started out with one idea but didn't necessarily know where they're going with it. And then they're like, hey, we've got to come up with something. And, yeah, didn't quite work as well as as you would hope. Um, those were all the comparisons I came up with. Do you have anything? I, I had a hard time trying to think about, you know, something the other day and I won't deny its greatness. I think the hard part is this from a music standpoint is that is Led Zeppelin for a great album, an overrated album or an underrated album? You're definitely a bigger Led Zeppelin guy than I am. I would say... Just to reiterate what songs are on that album, because... Oh, yeah, that's you, basically their, you know, if you want... It's their greatest hits, basically. It starts off with, you know, Black Dog. You have Rock and Roll. You have The Battle of Evermore. You have Stairway to Heaven. You have Misty Mountain Hop. Uh, you have uh, Four Sticks. You have Going to California. And then When the Levy Breaks. Yeah. Um, probably their you know, their best album, I would say, probably, although some people, I'm sure, would take umbrage with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else to say about it. It's well, The know, only it's reason I address this, this goes back to that whole aspect I was referring to earlier, is when you have an album that gets so much radio time, you kind of get sick of it, and you kind of want to hear the other songs from the yeah. band sometimes. I mean... In terms of radio airplay, if you listen to classic radio songs or if you were us growing up, you always heard Black Dog, you always heard Stairway to Heaven, you always heard Rock and Roll. Those always tend to be the main three. My favorite songs off that album actually tend to be The Battle of Evermore, uh, When the Levy Breaks, and Misty Mountain Hop, which weren't as much you know, radio songs. But I, I always find it's a weird album that it gets it's so much amazing love, and I'm not saying it's a bad album. But I sometimes sit there and think, all right, has it hit the overrated range because of the fact that when you compare it to other Zeppelin albums, is it better than all the other Zeppelin albums? Uh, that's hard to say. Because if I were to compare it versus the Led Zeppelin 2, you know, that's a very difficult comparison between the two. You know, you compare it to what else was going on in the day, all right, maybe. Is it underrated because we take it for granted because of how good it is? Well, I can see that argument too as well. Or is it just a great album and it's something that, you know, you're not supposed to fuss over? I mean, going back to what started the question of like, hey, who's better, you know, Pink Floyd or The Doors? We never did really answer that. If I had to go back and say which is probably the better of the two, I feel that I Pink Floyd maybe had better song structures and things that were more, more coherent. I feel, though, that there was more Doors songs that were much more iconic. Yeah, and I, well, and I don't even necessarily think the question is which is better. I think it's more just what do you prefer. Um, and I know you, you've you generally always been more of a Doors guy. Uh, I, w I would have to say the same. I'm probably more of a Doors guy. I'm not a huge fan of either one. The only thing I don't like 
care about the door. You know, either one of them really is. They tend to get on those big, long, just super self-indulgent solos where you just keep doing the same thing over and over. It's like, okay, come on again. Let's get on with the song. You know, like almost like uh, oh, what's that song? The Simpsons did a you know the Inagata Devita. Uh, yeah, that's Iron Butterfly. Yes, yeah, the the one the songs that just keep going and going. You're like, okay, let, let's wrap it up here. It's just you know, get to the point. But uh, we should also, we should do a music episode, or we can just keep talking about music here. Yeah, we could. I don't know. People have been listening for a while. We have been rambling about all sorts of random crap. I wouldn't say rambling. I would say that the whole thing with going back to the Battlestar reboot is that. Man, like, they're going to be... I just also read today they're going to try to reboot Saved by the Bell. Oh, for God's sake. Well, that's it, is that there's no more good ideas. I'm not saying that Saved by the Bell was a good idea either, but it's easier to resurrect a familiar franchise and use nostalgia as a way to help entice multiple audiences. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, I think, and I don't know if I've brought it up here, you know, because it's something I bring up to fairly often, is that... People tend to like that familiarity, and it's hard, you know, I mean, that's why we have, you know, 18 different varieties of Snickers and 27 different kinds of Mountain Dew, because people buy Mountain Dew Winter Chill, but they won't buy, you know, uh, Winter Chill the soda itself there, or whatever. There's the not a Winter Chill Mountain Dew, John. I'm sorry. Okay. My bad. Yeah, um, Baja Blast or whatever, though. Well, that's the shittiest Mountain Dew. But, yes, but, I mean, people buy, you know, the, ooh, that's Mountain Dew. I've got to try the new Mountain Dew, but they'll see, like, you know, just, what you know, if it was just called Baja Blast, like, I'm not going to try this Baja Blast crap, even though it's made by the same people you know pepsi's still putting it out but you know it doesn't have that familiar name you know i'll buy a snickers peanut butter but i won't buy a you know whatever the hell or whatchamacallit you know what do you think would be the best rejected mountain dew names <laughs> you know somewhere they've got just a large database of all sorts of you know like you know mountain dew safari thirst or something i don't know what the hell <laughs> rectal umbrage <laughs> Mountain Dew Cherry Blast, or no, they already got no, no, no. See, that's that's normal cherry sodomy or something. I don't know, cherry sodomy. (laughs) Um, Uh, yeah, turbulent pus. And who do you figure is coming up with these things? I mean, it, it's easy to think, like, yeah, there's a bunch of, like, 20-year-old, like, surfers sitting in this office, but you know, you know it's got to be just a bunch of suits and just, like, no. you know... You know what it is? Focus groups, probably. In a sort of thing. There's, like, two or three cities or areas, regions in the United States, they try this out. Like, there's, like, areas that are known because they'll always get things that nobody else will ever get to try. But the reason they do that, because it's like, all right, it's more of a honest opinion because it's not influenced by like there are areas that like media is not a big factor in terms of influence so what they do is like anytime like a fast food restaurant or a restaurant or like a company wants to try a new product they test out in those areas and it's a shotgun effect because they probably test out so many different things it's just when we finally see one that does come to fruition and everything it's like oh well what do they do in releasing this well think about like the probably 15 other ones that didn't make the cut and everything and it's like, it, that's the funny thing is because uh, uh, one of my favorite jokes about that is like uh, Patton Oswalt, when he, he uh, was talking about KFC's famous bull, who he had a bit about there when he was talking about, you know, just how depressed you have to be to eat a famous bull. He had a follow-up comedy bit at the end of an album where he was talking about how the joke got away from him and everything and how he found out that, you know about these areas where they test out foods. And one of the things like they were talking about testing out was called the Mega Leg. It was a giant chicken leg that was like as big as like a, you know, you know, your hand. And <laughs> oh, God. it's like science found a way to make it big. But he's like, you know, that's why they test on these areas because they want to make sure there's also like no unknown side effects from eating this. Like because all the <laughs> antibiotics, you don't grow like a yeah, fourth no set kidding. of teeth or anything like that. But, you know, that that's just it. It's like you, you ask who comes up with these ideas. Think about all the ideas that don't make it. And yeah. think about think we think about like when we like, you know, laugh at Taco Bell for their Frankenstein like, you know, mentality of like, <laughs> well, what should we do? How about we make a taco shell out of uh, Doritos? Fucking brilliant. Let's do it. 
My, my favorite is when they made like Doritos, then that tasted like the taco that tasted like the Dorito shell. Yep. Yeah, let's just keep going, keep going down that inception. Well, there hole. was like other sandwich shops, like Subway. It's like, look, it's our Frito sub. Like we just take a sub and we just dump Fritos on yeah. it. Like you lazy <laughs> sons of bitches, that ain't <laughs> clever. Put some effort into it, damn. At least go BKFC bowl where they use chicken breast instead of bread and just put or bacon in the middle of it. Don't forget the double down where it's like, here we're gonna take two chicken patties. Yep. The chicken patties are your bread, and it's like. All right, and again, by the way, that was a fucking delicious sandwich. I never had the had the pleasure. Yeah, I had, you you had like had used like this special like packaging they gave to you so you could eat it because <laughs> you have to keep in mind these chicken patties are deep fried, so unless you wanted to burn the tips off your fingers like John Doe and Seven, <laughs> yeah. like we don't know who he was. All we know is that his cholesterol was through the fucking roof because it kept eating the double downs. <laughs> yeah. Go America. Keep finding creative way to ki- ways to kill ourselves. Well, it's like all the people now with all the vaping, and there was somebody brought up a point in like a comment section that I'll actually kind of agree with. So, for those just from a timely standpoint, uh, like the eighth person in the past month or two has died because of vaping, because of just uh, because medical. Basically, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know what the hell's going on. Medical with complications yeah. with vaping. But somebody's been bringing up that vaping's been around for several years. Why isn't now all of a sudden in one month? Like, like yeah. here, let's get your tin hats on, everyone. We got a whole conspiracy to unwrap here. But, you know, why is it now that, you know, several years later you have all these sudden sets? Like, in the age and like groups are like young people, too. So it's not like it's a cumulative effect. So uh, my only answer is this, is that... Aliens. No, the trees. I watched the happening, and the trees are like... <laughs> <laughs> they got jealous because they weren't harvesting the tobacco plants anymore. Those sons of bitches. They're going to chemicals. Let's get them. <laughs> it's such a shitty movie. You've seen The Happening, right? I have not. Oh, just... I think that was the movie where you sat there and was like, I just want to fucking punch M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> it's like, this is this is bad. This, this is, is too far. I, I That even started like with the movie Signs. Like Even Signs, it's like, all right, you're kind of... Going I f- off yeah, I feel like Signs wasn't too bad. It wasn't. It was the know, village. It was, it was no sixth sense. Yeah, Village. I feel was kind of where it went off the rails. I didn't mind that as much as a lot of people, but that was definitely where. Yeah, he started to go off the deep end. I think what I learned from the movie The Village is that Adrian Brody was not acting. Yeah, he was just legitimately that crazy, and it's like, what? Uh, what? What's the script today? And it's like we're just gonna film Adrian Brody <laughs> for uh, an hour, and you guys. <laughs> react or interact around him like that's not how movies are made he's like i'm m night Shyamalan. listen to me i made the sixth sense yeah he's still living off of that what was his last movie didn't he make something just recently oh no it was uh it was i haven't glass. seen it oh, wasn't yeah glass. yeah glass, glass. I have, which i have not seen yet have you seen that no i haven't seen glass yet i should i liked unbreakable unbreakable was good split was good and not great but it was okay did you did you ever see split i did I think Split for was good for what it was. I think, honestly, the only thing that made Split, I think, better, but the problem is it was spoiled for me, it was the whole cameo at the end. Yeah, and I had that spoiled for me as well, because it was one of those, like, I remember, when it, I remember seeing the trailer for it at first, and thinking, like, oh, this could be interesting, you know, and James McAvoy, he's pretty good, so, you know, it could be solid, but I didn't really have any sense of urgency to go see it. Is James McAvoy good? I like him. Usually, he's usually pretty good. I think. I mean, he's not like a top tier for me, but he's, you know, he's he's decent. I I can set a middle of line. I I don't think he's ever a draw, which makes me want to see a movie. So no, he doesn't get me in the theater. But I mean, it's you know, I'm not ever sad to see him or something like. <laughs> That'd be really weird. That would be pretty weird. Why is that guy crying over there? But uh. Yeah, no, I haven't gotten around to seeing Glass yet, I need, which I need to because I'm curious to see how it wraps up the trilogy, even though I've heard mixed things about it. So, we will see. Will you? Well, eventually. At some point. Maybe the next stake in a movie night. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. I, well, I, that's always going to be the tricky thing now, too, is we're like a couple months away from Disney launching their Disney Plus service. You have... Like NBC, they're now announcing their new Peacock streaming service and how they're swiping back the office and all their shows that made them great as well as some other ones out there. And I don't know. I think the streaming landscape is going to get really weird over the next. No, I think months. yeah, we're definitely in the in the 
next year or so i think we're gonna hit the streaming wars hard and i think we're you know i think some people i think the bubble's gonna burst i oh it definitely will i think a lot of these are gonna get gobbled up by you know somebody's gonna come in and you know like warner brothers will come in and buy up a few of them and they'll put them all under the same umbrella um i think disney i think looks like they're you know primed to be one of the bigger you know i think them netflix i think will stay up there hulu we'll see i think just being owned by disney will help them but uh don't see the Apple one doing well. I mean, I'm not all that terribly intrigued in it, and we're, you know, we're a pretty hardcore Apple household. Boo, Apple. But, yes. Um, but just nothing looks terribly great. I watched the trailer for that Jason Momoa one, what's it called, C, I think, where everybody in the world goes blind, and then this takes place, I don't know how long after that, and a couple of kids can see now, which I don't know how they know that these little babies can see, but somehow they know, I'm assuming they tell you but i don't know it just doesn't look all that terribly exciting and none of their other offerings look all that terribly exciting either so no you know have fun with that apple but you know if anybody's got money to burn it's them well i think the bigger thing is this is like you're starting to see all these shows now being pulled off services or now they have a limited time left on some of the services like people like netflix today just wrapped up a deal to get uh seinfeld back onto netflix which they need because they've lost the office, and which is going to make a lot of people sad. Um, like I'm looking at like some of the other things, like Portlandia, the first five seasons leaving Netflix. And I like Portlandia; it's a good show, but it doesn't look like all the IFC shows are going. So, like Comedy Bang Bang is still on there. Uh, next week starts, or this week starts, the new season of Disenchantment, which is the Matt Groening series, uh, the f- kind of follow up to his Futurama. Yeah. I didn't really like the first season that much. I didn't even get all the way through. I think I watched the first two episodes, and it just didn't grab me, and I never really finished it up, so I'm just like, eh, why bother? Yeah, I I think that was part of the problem, is that just not enough humor? Yeah, I don't know, and maybe it's one of those, I mean, because Futurama certainly didn't start all that terribly great either, and that ended up being, you know, awesome, but I think, you know, oh, so maybe no, it's just no, something no, where it no. needs the to first, find... The like, first season was rough, but... The first episode, I don't think that was great, but the second episode where they go to like the Moon Amusement Park, that gave me one of my favorite lines with Bender with the hookers and flapja- uh, blackjack. <laughs> That's a great one right there. Or Slurms McKenzie. Slurms McKenzie was in the first season. Yeah, so maybe it did have a Whimmy, first wham, wazzle. But uh, I had a point I was going to make earlier, but I forgot. No, now. you didn't because you forgot it. Damn it. Clearly it was an important point to make. No, it wasn't. Oh, no, I was, well, I was going to say, like, who's, like, everybody's all concerned about, like, you know, uh, The Office leaving. Like, who's paying for Netflix just to watch The Office? I mean, aren't you better off just, like, buying the box sets or something instead of spending 10 bucks a month to watch the same show and not anything else? Then when it leaves, you're like, I'm not going to pay for Netflix anymore. They don't have, the, I mean, what? You have to consider if, like, you know, when it comes to, like, shows like that, I mean, people probably don't just use Netflix for just for The Office, but if that's the case, you're spending, like, $15 a month right now for Netflix. You're just doing that for three, four months. You might as well, if you miss The Office, just buy the digital streaming for it on whatever service, you know, online service yeah. you use and just watch it that way, so. Yeah, I just... I just don't understand who's canceling their net you know like that's the straw that broke the camel's back is you know oh, they don't have the office anymore i mean i don't know and it's only half good i mean yeah. we already discussed this before a few episodes ago i mean after the fifth season fuck it yeah not worth it but yeah yeah what else do we want to talk about i don't know we've been going on for an hour people are probably sick of us already i'm sick of me by now damn it yeah Got to go to the store the next day or two, get the monster cereals. They have them at Target. I know they do. I got Count Chocula the other week. Hey, so let me ask this particular question. Was Count Chocula, was he a regular vampire with a fixation on chocolate on the side, or was he a specific chocolate-based vampire that required chocolate to sustain him? I think the former is because there's no evidence to the latter. I think he just really likes chocolate, and he's, you know... He's out there sucking on people, like so. He's just you know, offing people on the side. Yeah, I think so. I think you know when he's not, you know, when it's not those two months of the year where he can get Count Chocula, he's out murdering people left and right. Which sucks if you're blueberry, uh, booberry, because you can't even interact with the corporal world. But people are eating your cereal. What do you, th- what do you think booberry was in his in his life when he was a living person? Diabetic. He's got that. He's got, <laughs> he's got that funky hat. I don't know. Same thing with, like, you know, uh, Frankenberry, where it's like, all right, it's a pink Frankenstein. and Yeah. 
It was like Dr. Frankenstein's like cousin, Carl Frankenstein. They made a Frankenstein monster for the gay rights parade. and That's like everybody's like, hey, Casper the Friendly Ghost is great. But then you're like, wait, that that's a dead kid. How did that kid die? What happened here? I think the story was, like, when they had the movie, is that he drowned. I never saw the movie. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I think I read about it for some reason where they said, yeah, the reason he died was drowning. And, like, that feels too mundane for Casper. Yeah. I mean, I would see that would probably help his disposition, that it wasn't like he was violently murdered and raped, but... Yeah, that would make for a much different movie. I don't think you'd get Casper the Friendly Ghost, then. <laughs> no. You get Casper the murderous ghost looking for revenge. You get Casper the neurotic uh, sociopath of a ghost. Yeah, nobody wants to watch that cartoon. No. Damn. Yeah, and on that note, we can end it. Can we? We could. Or we could just talk about, you know, I don't know, what's around here that we can talk about. There's Poe Dameron up there. We're not talking about Poe Dameron. We could. He's awesome. God, we don't have a Star Wars trailer yet. There's Mage up there. Good old Kevin Matchstick. I think that's who that is. Yeah. Next to the TIE Fighter. Yep. I've never read that. It's Is it finished up yet? Yes, it did. Nice. Now that it's done, I should go get it all and read it. If only it was on Marvel Unlimited. It, it, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's Image now, I think, isn't it? Uh, I, know well, the se- I know the second series was. It was Image. What was the name of the company that had them before... Uh, it was first, I think, the original series. I don't know. First comics, one of the several defunct comic companies from the 80s. Yeah. If only we had a device at our fingertips. I do. It's that we could look at those. All right. Well, thank you for joining us this uh, arbitrary episode. You've learned now some more things about us. Yes. And now you hate us even that much probably more. Probably our listenership just dropped from eight to, like, four, probably. Mm, that's generous. Yeah. Well, you know. That's okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Please catch us on our next episode. Where we'll talk about stuff. We will. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Bye.